Collegiate Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Hey, what's up? This is Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon. Episode 185. My name is Jay, the Jedi Ross. Welcome back, kids. It's great to have you here again in the L5J Studios. This week on the show, yet another dream comes true as I welcome yet another member of the world's greatest band. That's right, the Slackers. This week, I get to welcome trombone player, main vocalist, and main ass shaker, Mr. Glenn Pine. It's good times indeed. Uh, Glenn hooked up with me to converse about the fact that this is the Slackers' 25th anniversary. That is a whole lot of skanking, kids. Some of the best skanking there has ever been. So yeah, here we are, 2016, 25th anniversary of the Slackers. They got a brand new album dropping very, very soon, February 19th. It's like next week. Be prepared. Uh, It may be the most fun Slackers album to date, but you're going to hear all about it because Glenn and I, uh, we go deep into discussing the Slackers and ska and music and performance and touring and good times and ass shaking and all that wonderful stuff. Had a hell of a talk with Glenn. I cannot thank him enough for such a wonderful conversation. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with the indelible Mr. Glenn Pine of The Slackers. Happy New Year, and what a new year it is being the Slackers' 25th anniversary. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's hard to believe that we've reached this milestone. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a shocker. <laughs> it's, it, it's been fun to watch for me. I saw you guys back in uh, 2000 at the, at the trash in Guelph. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and it was also really special. The last show you just played at Lee's Palace there was my 25th time seeing you. So, 25 is kind of... appropriate, 25, 25. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a nice theme going on, you know? So, uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an exciting year. Uh, 25 years you guys have been doing this. Uh, brand new album coming out. Uh, I I had a chance to have a little listen there. Uh, as always, it's fantastic. Uh, but it, it oh, thank you. It really feels like you guys uh, had a good time on this one. It felt really uh, loose, kind of like you let your Sergeant Pepper flag fly, you know. That's for sure. Um, it was. Uh, it's funny, uh, you know. Obviously, twenty-five years, and the band has been together, and um, there's a bunch of different, you know, records or collections of songs that we all wrote together individually and brought to the band and um, that reflect, you know, our lives. And it's, it's kind of interesting with this collection because it, it kind of a, it's kind of a loose approach to how we put it together in truth. Um, in past records, we would have, you know, gone to like one studio and knocked out, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever songs, and then, you know, assembled them in that studio. 
But in this approach, because of our you know schedules and our, some of us are living here, there, and everywhere these days, we um, assembled the record in three different studios. Okay. Uh, one in, in, in we did some stuff in Portland, Oregon, and uh, we did uh, uh, some stuff earlier in Brooklyn, and then another studio in Brooklyn, and with three different engineers, producers, and then attempted to sew up the, the three different sessions into a, you know a concise record that reflected you know sort of where we're at as a band and as people. And uh, I, I feel really proud of the record at this stage of the game because I feel that there's a lot of energy in the songwriting and the approach. I feel like the band really puts that you know best foot forward and is attempting to really push push further out and uh, you know take chances musically and sonically with it and not just kind of like just keep you know some bands at 25 years might just kind of go okay this is what we do this is uh, the meat and potatoes of what we do and we'll just keep you know churning out these kinds of records but I don't think that that would be we don't that wouldn't be true to us like I think we have to you know we have to be honest of you know who we are and I think that it's exciting to feel that the band still has a lot of energy and wants to keep pushing so it it adds yeah, sorry, it absolutely comes off this way. I mean, your your records often, you know, you, there's there's a few different styles will be on a record, and you know, up and ups and downs. But this this just uh-huh. felt like a like a like a really fun time the whole way through, you know. And it's it's been fun to watch because, like you're saying, that that evolution is definitely there. I've always seen you guys push. I remember it was probably back in '03 or so, maybe that the lineup kind of changed to really be the lineup. It is today, and when you kind of step to the forefront yourself a lot, things got really soulful, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah, they, they promoted me from the mailroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've been in the band for a long time, and when I first started, sort of found myself in the center, it was a bit of an adjustment, um, taking over a lot of these sort of bunch of vocal duties that, you know, that I've been doing, but not center stage. Um, and there were people back then that were going, geez, who's the new guy? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, have you guys, been, I've, been, I've been with the band for a long time here, you know? Because <laughs> they just weren't accustomed to seeing me dead center stage doing, you know, doing the thing, so. Well, you're, you're so funny. natural at it. Like, you're a natural front man. Like, you know, it just, oh, it's thanks. kind of surprising to not think that you weren't always kind of in that spot. But since you slid into it, I mean... The harmonies between you and Vic now, just the 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 feelings, like stuff like uh, like what went wrong. What what an amazing song! A song that has to be experienced live. A song that I'm surprised panties just don't come flying from the back of the room at you when you're doing that song. You know, it's it, it, it's something special. You know, it's. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you. Because I remember in the beginning. When I first saw you guys, and you know, I first heard the question and stuff. It was, it was, you know, it was your your old school '60s style kind of Kingston skank ska party. But then, as things have progressed, so much soul and and Motown kind of influence to this point where this new album is just it's all over the place in a in a loose, happy kind of having fun sort of way. You know? Yeah, I think that um, what we try to do, I think that you know, obviously. I use this analogy often to refer to, you know, you know, Scott, at least what we're trying to do and continue to try to do is you could look at a band like the Rolling Stones, for instance, with the Rolling Stones, a bunch of kids from England that are listening to the blues and American R and B. And they're they're that's what they're learning and they're like, geez, we wanna be we wanna be blues blues guys and R and B performers and singers and songwriters. But you know, they you know, they're never going to be, you know, American blues and R&B singers from, you know, 40s, 50s, you know, era. So they're, they're kids from England. So they're going to also, because of that, they're not going to exactly make it sound exactly like the authentic stuff. But in a sense, if they're being true to it, they're going to find their voices and their experiences and their, their culture is going to come through. And that's kind of like what we try to do as, as you know, guys in the East Coast of the United States. You know, we're, we're trying to emulate old Jamaican music and, and trying to 
be true to that. The same way, say, the Rolling Stones are trying to emulate your Chuck Berry, a little Richard. Um, but, but we want to, you know, we want to try to be like, a, you know, try to learn and try to play like the Scottalites or something. But we're also a bunch of guys from the East Coast, you know, growing up in the United States at a certain time. And there's also other music that has also influenced us coming up. So to be true, in a sense, to us and to the music, we always felt like we have to put our, you know, we have to be true to the music, but at the same time, we can't be, you know, we, we're not going to, we're not those folks that, that, that made, you know, invented the music. We're not the Scottalites. We're the slackers, and we have to be true to who we are, but also be true to the music and what it, where it came from and to be, you know, understanding of that, but also put our little stamp on it. You know, and even I think that that shows even in our, our crazy accents that we when we sing, we're not, you know, we sound like guys from New York or the East Coast somewhere, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an eclectic thing that goes on at times. I mean, especially with Vic. I mean, Vic personifies, like, you know, kind of the, the Brooklyn stereotype in a way, you know what I mean? Or like the yeah, Bronx. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, because again, he's not, I mean, that was one of the things he was always conscious of and he used to say is like, you want to, when you write music, you always kind of want to have your voice sound conversational. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to be true to yourself. I mean, you know, you, you, there's times when I, even with my accent, as I've tried to, you know, change the way I'm trying to sing. I'm like, you know, that's not true to me. You know, it's like I, I have to sing it, you know, with the way it sounds, the way I sing, the way I talk, that should also kind of enter into the music, you know, because that's my point of view and that's my experience. Um, I'm not going to you know, put on some sort of Jamaican patois or something because that's not where I'm from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That would not be true. That would not be authentic. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's important is to be authentic, you know. How does... Uh... Um, so for, Sorry, how how uh, talking experience? How far as far as the writing? Because I'm curious. Like obviously, back in the days, you know, when Vic was younger, and you know, it, it, people were more emotional in their younger years, and you you know, songs show up, songs like Sarah and, and Make Me Smile, you know, that have this certain kind of vibe to them. As as you get older, and you're kind of I don't know if hardens the right word, but more experienced and more in tune with your emotions and kind of not as dramatic as in your younger years. How much does that affect like your, your lyrical content or your ideas for songs? Yeah, I think that, uh, that's interesting. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we are the sum of our experiences, whether good, bad, whatever. Um, and with it, that informs who we are and how we see the world to the group. And it changes. I mean, as time goes on, as you get older, you start, you might start seeing the world in a different way. Um, through experience, through reading, whatever, you, you start seeing things differently. And I think that it's, you know, people you start changing. You're not, you know, when you're 18 years old, you're wanting to go hang out with, with the, with the ladies and, you know, walk out and have drinks and hang out with your buddies or whatever and, you know, do the thing. But as you get older, you, there's a different set of experiences and things that you're dealing with. You know, and every chapter is a different. Um, and also it's like, you know, with the songwriting, I think you try to make, you try to reach for this. I, I try to, you know, we all try to sort of reach for the stars, but, you know, you have to, you, you, I think when you're writing music, you, you I think it's important to try to be sort of truthful or write stories that you can relate with or hopefully other people can relate with that are true and true to you and hopefully will be true for other people. Um, and, you know, those, those stories change and those experiences change as you get older, I suppose. Um, but, but at the same time, I say all this, but at the same time, I think you're always the same person you were even when you were a little kid. You just... You know, you just you put on you know, different clothes, more adult clothes, but you still kind of hopefully still have some of that energy and excitement that you had when you were a kid with wide open eyes on things. And I think that's important in songwriting is not to lose some of that original inspiration that got you out of bed in the morning and go, gee, I want to pick up my instrument and practice, get and excited, be excited about music and throw on a record. I think that's important to not, you know to not lose that. Along the way, how do you? So I hope that the new record reflects that. That there's still that ex 
frighten of your wide open eyes to the world and try to, you know, bring some of that excitement into the music. I, I would definitely say it's there, absolutely. That's probably the personification of what the album felt like to me, was just mm-hmm. these guys have gotten to a point and it's like a celebration of everything you've been mm-hmm. do, you do, doing. Like, I wonder, how do you keep it up? Like, you guys are known for such a relentless touring schedule, show after show. That must take so much energy. How do, how do you keep that up? How do you keep that motivated? That's, that's a hard... That is, that's, it's a work in progress, my friend. It's, it's something that, uh, you know, as time goes on, you know, you start feeling 25 years invested in something. You know what I mean? In other words... It's hard to do that every night. I mean, it's a blessing. It's we feel very, very fortunate and lucky to be able to play music and do something that you love to do and to travel as much as we do, you know. But at the same time, we're also like you got to come up with approaches and regimens that work for you to keep you going because you can't. It's it definitely is grueling at times. But we're also kind of smart about it. We try to um, with our schedule. We'll be busy for stretches of time, and then we'll have a little bit of downtime. Like right now, we have a couple of weeks of you know, downtime and we can do other things and work on other things and um, not, you know, kill ourselves here. You know? <laughs> Absolutely, because you guys are known. It's not just that you're going around touring. It's your show is incredible. Like, it's, it's the most... Oh energetic good time shake your ass show you could see out there you know it's 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 got to take a lot of just physical energy you must be so drained it after does. some nights yeah it does you know it, it it takes its toll um physically but also you know emotionally and all that other stuff you know because you're also you know when you tour for periods of time you're away from your family and you know, and your girlfriend or whatever, and your wife or whatever it is, and you know that's some of the guys in the band have kids, so you're away from your kids for periods of time. It, it's it's emotionally exhausting as well because it's you 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 know you're you're trying to get out there and do something that you love, and hopefully people respond in a good way and and have a good time with you. But it's definitely exhausting at times. So that's why we try to be smart about it in terms of our scheduling where we have stretches of time and go, okay, go back to your families, you know, <laughs> get yeah. out of the van, get away from each other. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it's sure. Kind of like old, it's like a marriage. Sometimes you need your space, you know what I mean? So that's kind of like a band, you know? Because sometimes you need, okay, I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks, that's probably okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I mean, you guys are such uh-huh. old pros at it too, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's got to be weird because I mean your fans, your connection with your fans too is so tight. I'm sure that that's you know a big motivator in itself. Like recently, when I was chatting with Dave there, when you guys were here in Toronto, uh, he had just put a Facebook post up asking some of the songs that you you know the fans would like you guys to hear uh, to play on tour that they haven't heard in a while. And I guess he got something like over 200 songs. Like <laughs> you just can't do that in a show, you know? It's Pretty great. Yeah. It, it is, it's funny because, you know, for instance, with this record, you know, you know, you're getting excited, say, about a handful of songs that you just recently wrote, and you're like, geez, I can't wait to get these out here, you know, to play in front of people. Or sometimes in the writing process, we'll write songs, we'll be rehearsing them and go, let's start playing these out, road test them for a while, that are not recorded, that are not anybody has, you know, that they can listen to, like on their, you know, record player or whatever. Right. Um, you know, but that's, you know, we try to put some of that in and see how that flies, but in terms of, like, songs, we'll, be, we'll sit there, you know, write up a set that sounds, that we think is, you know, reflects the different records, um, and we add some of the new stuff. But sometimes, yeah, like, it, it, it's, you know, sometimes we, you know, We'll be. We'll think about what people want to hear, but it's it's also important to hear, and, and and it's nice this day and age where you can go and you know ask a question like, what do you guys want to hear? In a for in a, in a in a forum where people go, geez, I want to hear this song, this song, this song, and sometimes you're like, geez, you know, we haven't played that song in a while, and then you start seeing a bunch of people say, I want to hear this song, and like, geez, maybe this is a song that people really appreciate that we just for whatever reason, you know, put aside that really we should relearn and get that up and running. 
you know, because the fans know better than we, you know, sometimes, you know, we're just in our own little worlds. We don't know what people want to hear sometimes. Well, you got like what, 300 songs now or something insane? Like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, a, lot. it's a lot to it's remember, a lot, you know, because every show you guys are also great about playing lots of requests, uh, you know, and uh, you always say, what do you guys want to hear? And then instantly the cell phones come up and you yourself are right to the front of the stage. I got you guys to play Make Me Smile once with the cell phone request. So, uh, you know, it's it's fantastic, you guys. I'm surprised you can pull them out when you do, like, and remember so many songs, like. Right. You know, it's, you know, sometimes we, yeah, sometimes we can, like, kind of pull it out, and sometimes it's a little rough, but that's <laughs> the kind of fun, that's kind of the fun of it, is to go, you know, you know, we're all human here. We're all like, geez, you know, we're going to play this forever. You know, sorry, guys. We'll, we'll do the best we can over here. It's been a while. Yeah. But, you know, I think our fans are pretty forgiving and uh, with it, with us, with yeah. the adventure. Like, in other words, they're going to go with it. They're going to be like, all right, they're going for it. <laughs> and you got to respect that, you know, sometimes. It's like, yeah, it's a little rough. That's when you just jump on tables and start playing in the audience and everybody's distracted enough they don't notice. They're just like, keep going. Oh, wait, wait. Don't, don't say that. That's our secret. <laughs> <laughs> You're blowing a whistle on us here. Come on. <laughs> Do you guys get to enjoy the places you go much? Because, I mean, you guys go everywhere and... You know, not just North America, but you guys are going, you know, all over the world playing. Do you get a chance to enjoy those places and do anything touristy? Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you get your, yes, it's important, I think, still to, you know, if you have, oftentimes you say, for instance, the United States or Canada, for instance, there's times when you're driving long, long hours to get somewhere. And you might just get to the town or city, and you're like, geez, I just want to go back to the hotel and crash for a couple of hours, and then basically stumble into the, into the venue and play the gig, and then go to bed. But there's other times you might have, you might be, it might be a, a short drive or something like, you know, maybe I want to uh, go check out something. Sure. in the city or check out some stuff. And I try to do that. I, I, we used to do a lot of that, of course, but, you know, as time goes on, sometimes you just don't want to, you're just trying to, you know, recharge the batteries, you know, plug plug yourself in the wall and uh, recharge. But I, um, there's still times where I'll, if I know that I'm going to certain places, I'll make a little, you know, take a notebook out and write little lists of things or historical, because I love history. Oh, right and, on. Um, in historical landmarks or places or if there's anything you know interesting obviously the obvious like this independent record store or bookstore or whatever you know that we can hit along the way so that it you know we're you know we're able to see a little bit of the city or, or the town that we're going to and you know that's the that's the good stuff sure i mean it must almost be like you must have like several second homes around now i mean you must be pretty darn used yeah. to toronto itself i mean you guys Fit Toronto is a like, favorite of mine. It's one of my. I, I tell people all the time, especially Americans, um, in the U.S. that I'm like, it's one of my favorite cities, really, anywhere. People, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do yourself a favor and go to Toronto. <laughs> what I love about Toronto is it's just it reminds me of New York, in the sense it's a very cosmopolitan place. The whole world lives there, and for me, that that is that's that's the making making of a great city. Because we can walk down the street, there's people from all over the world walking down the street, and you can hear a million languages and smell a million different food from around the world, and people all living together in the same city. That's the kind of city I I love to live in, and I hope other people appreciate that, because that is not like other parts of the country, Canada or the United States, where you can have that kind of experience where you can walk down the street and be a part of the world. Um, and that, and you know that those are that's the thing that I feel like makes me very lucky. I feel very lucky to be in places like that. Oh yeah, especially here. I mean, it's just so oh ridiculously multi. But also, certain things about Toronto, just like like you say, I bet we got so many beautiful old record shops. I hope I hope you've had the chance <laughs> to browse them ever. 
you know? I have been to a number of, uh, of record shops in Toronto over the years that I, you know, really appreciate. I've been to, you know, got some, some, some classics as time goes on. Although there's that one that was near, the name eludes me just now, but the one that was near Leeds Palace across the street. Uh, is that uh, played to record? It might be. It's a pretty sizable record store with a downstairs. Yeah, I think that's played a record, but uh, don't quote me. But, okay. yeah, there's a few around, yeah. Yeah, because there was one that we did in in-store years ago that was Dynamite, and I don't know that that's still there. Wow, you guys did an in-store here? Jeez, how did I miss that? Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah I don't know. <laughs> we, did, we did an in-store for a record store there, like just down the street from um, Leaf Palace. Yeah, yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, you guys have played a few places around Toronto too. I mean, I've seen you at uh, mm-hmm. Lee's Opera House, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Mod Club. That was a weird one. That was a one-off, one year. You guys played the Mod Club, and I'd never been there myself. And the thing I remember is how how good that place sounded. The Mod Club, mm-hmm. so- you guys sound you just you sounded really clear and audibly crisp that oh, night. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Oh, and cool. Uh, and the Horseshoe was so cool to see you in like because the Horseshoes. Such a Toronto landmark. I mean, any everyone who's anyone from Elvis to Jerry Lee has played from the Rolling Stones has played Horseshoe. Just, so to see you guys there is always fun, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh. Those wh- old venues are, are special, you know. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was unfortunate. We had one place called the El Macombo, and uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, yeah, it's famous for you know Elvis played there before he was anything back in like '54 or something like that. Oh and, wow. It closed a few years ago, which was a real shame. And they haven't torn it down yet. There's hope that they may do something else with it. But, you know, it's it, it's sad. It's just like the old Sam the Record Man records that used to be on Young Street in Toronto, the big giant, you know, neon sign. And uh, that's all gone. It's It's such a different world now, you know. That's why it's so nice that you guys will still do things like put out vinyl once in a while, you know. Oh, I love vinyl. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that, has sort of returned as a medium of choice for listening to music. Because it's, it, there's something about it. I mean, you know, people talk about interactive, but there's, with records, you've got to be interactive. You have to be a part of it. You have to, when the record ends, it ends. You have to go and pick up the needle and put, yeah. flip the record. <laughs> and there's something about it because it, it, it's direct. It makes you be a part of the music. It forces you to be a part of the music, not just kind of you know, throw on your iPod or whatever or your phone and listen to whatever music, it, it makes you have to be a part of it. And that's kind of nice, you know. Um, and I just, I, you, know, I, you know, I love the sound of the way the, the analog warm sounds of vinyl. Like, you know, I love that. Even the ones that are, old records that are kind of beat up, you know, with that snap, crackle, and pop on it. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's, it's soothing. It's, it sounds like you know something that's been through the mill. It has uh, it has years on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't I don't collect vinyl or anything, but I I completely relate with my comic book collection because nowadays sure. you know comics are going. It's a great thing that you can get digital comics, but they're going so hardcore digital. But to have my long boxes and be able to take out the old books from the seventies and eighties and. They've just got that oh, smell sure. and that feel to them. Nothing beats that, you know. It's 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 tangible. Yeah, I mean that's, you know? that was that's kind of the thing that I was kind of mystified. It has mystified me for a while. Sometimes, like a younger generation of people coming up that don't seem to, you know, you're dealing with especially in the United States. Obviously, it's a you know, capital capitalist society. Like you think that people would want things, if, you know, things that they could hold on to. And it just seems crazy that, like, you know, they'll go, well, music, I don't want any music. I just download it or have it floating around and whatever it is. It, it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's, you'd want to have a, the hard copy, you know what I mean? And that's the fun of vinyl is you, if you listen to music, it might, you know, it might get gatefold where you open it up and there's all this big artwork and you know, sometimes lyrics are in it and, you know, if as a kid I would stare at these things, I would just like there were secrets in there. There were, it was something they were making 
have the same kind of impact. Yeah, and the interaction yeah. with people, like the actual trading of records or comics or sharing or, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, I myself, I'm a little guilty. I only own like 14 CDs and they're all Slacker CDs. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. you know, I'm I'm kind of like, I'm in a weird place in the world too, where, you know, I'm one of those guys who is into a lot of old music. You know, I grew up, my grandmother was a Bobby Soxer and you know, she she grew she raised me on you know fifties rock and roll, and my mom uh -huh. was always big into Motown. And then it it wasn't until later uh -huh. on that I discovered ska. But when I did, and then discovered you guys, it was like, you know, how everybody's got that band that's just you know gives you the feels more than any other band that's out there. That's that's uh -huh. the, that's the slackers for me. Like like I've gotten into so yeah I've gotten so into podcasting that is my main form of entertainment. So I don't listen to nearly half as much music when I'm working or walking the dog or whatever. But when I do, it's it's kind of only the slackers now or ska music. Like I've kind of become like a crotchety old music bigot, you know. And I'm only like 38 years old. <laughs> But there's something genuine to it. Like, I'll tell you, like, a, a couple years ago, there was a, you know, I don't want to put bands down, but there was a big band that came to Toronto, and it was kind of a, a reformed version of their older selves. And I paid, I paid like, $80 to go see this band. And it was, it was, to be honest, it was like I was in a bar watching a cover band. Like, it was just, there was, it just none of the original flair or spark was was there whatsoever it totally felt like one of those kind of you know we we need money sort of thing not a week later did i go to the system sound bar in toronto to see the specials on their 09 reunion tour i paid i think 25 bucks and saw the greatest show of my life just mind blowing yeah, you know and uh you know they were amazing oh in incredible it's uh you never had a chance to play with them, have you guys? We did. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Yeah, we. Um, it was one of these ones where we were in England, <clears throat> and it was there was several festivals going on in Leeds, in England, and we were doing a festival. It was probably with a bunch of like sort of British and American punk bands. It was kind of, you know, kind of a sort of war tour type, you know, festival. Sure. You know, and we were like one of the like reggae sky acts or whatever, if you will. Right. And the specials were playing down the street in some like, you know, the city center with like, you know, the government buildings, wherever the city center, they, they blocked it off, fenced it all around. And it was a big, giant show for the, in the specials of playing it. Okay. There's thousands and thousands of people. Well, I guess at some point, some band had canceled out. And their management or them, who, I don't know who did, but they said, I heard the slackers are playing down the street. After the show, can they open up for us? Oh, my God. <laughs> you got it. So we played. It was, a, it was a surreal day because, you know, you're playing at this festival for, you know, uh, some punk kids and, you know, kids that are into ska and whatever down the street, some kids. And then you go to, a, like, a... A, a giant city-wide festival where it's the special they're playing and these people that everyone from kids to like old, you know, you know, old root boys and skinhead guys that had, you know, had seen the specials back in the 70s. In the 80s. Oh, like, man. in other words, they were like the old school folks coming out to see this because, of course, the specials had not really sort of reunited. Right. So before, or in that way with, you know, Terry Hall. Yeah, um, original like lineup that. stuff. stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so playing that festival was, was, was something else. To be, it, was a, it was an incredible honor. And then we got a chance to, a bunch of us sat on the side of the stage and they started performing. And they sounded, they sounded great. Huh. Um, and, they, you know, the, banging through all the classics and we're just we we're trans you know transported to back to child you know as kids sure. you know discovering you know the specials and madness and selector you know that whole process you discover that and you go back to the studio one stop and trojan the skylights you know it was like this this evolution that we went through with the music and and, and to see them perform 
mean, it just really sort of, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. It was kind of like, a, you know, we were, it was a, you know, we were getting, you know, we were in school or something and we were learning <laughs> from, from the folks. <laughs> from the know, masters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, John Bradbury uh, just passed. Yes, rest in peace, yes. Yeah, the drama. And there was a last year, um, Rico. Yeah, Rico, Rico Rodriguez passed. Who was is is uh, one of my favorite uh, Jamaican trombone oh, players. Oh, genius, he's genius! Obviously a legend and a humongous voice, along with Don Drummond, of course, of the Skylights. Um, he's a, a player that I definitely uh, listen to and inspire. It's inspired me his music, and I try to you know pick up some of his approaches. And uh, you know, there's a lot of been a lot of great musicians that have passed in the last year or so. It's just like crazy to consider um but it's also like i i often go back to the fact that you know as, as the, the old timers pass it's important to let the younger people know about you know it, i always say if you like the slackers you gotta really you gotta pick up some of the studio one stuff the children stuff discover the jamaican stuff that's the stuff yeah that's yeah. the originators yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, if you want to listen to, you know, Tommy McCook or Roland Alfonso or, I mean, uh, Lloyd Bovet, Lloyd Nibs, I mean, these are the folks that invented ska music. These are the folks. Yeah. So if you did what we're doing, please do yourself a favor. <laughs> track down. It's easier than ever now. It's not like you have to, like, as a kid, you're like, I, I, I heard about ska music. i got to go to a record store go someplace far away and lucky that some little record store carries it. Now you don't have an excuse a kid coming up. You mentioned the Scottalites, you can download that stuff. Yeah, YouTube. You can listen to that stuff on YouTube. Yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? There's no excuse for you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and educate yourself in some amazing music. Yes, listen you listen know? to these wise words, kids. Um you you, spe- you spoke sure. yeah you spoke of that booming voice and stuff back in I think it was '08 I got to see Toots mm-hmm. uh, Toots and the Mytals at the Phoenix here in Toronto and oh, yeah, I love Toots. dude the guy 70 years old and that voice is booming like no one else not a missed breath not a hesitation like just it's I don't know if it's the ska music like Bob said it's it's the rhythm of the working people you know it's that something keeps guys going like like that performance it wasn't all the original Mytals of course but just to see Toots seventy years old giving her like that was so inspiring. I it's a lot of ways when I look when I think about say from nineteen sixty to nineteen seventy say in Jamaica or even just generally around the world that was a blessed inspired generation of people. Like I, there was some unbelievable music that was coming out around the world, but you consider like a small little island like Jamaica, all the music and the artists and the stuff that came out of that little place in 10 years or, or a little more or a little less, it's just breathtaking. Um, and it could, it, you're just like, who, how do these folks, it's it just like, that's a lot of brilliant artists and musicians that came out at that time. And I'm always a bit, a bit blown away by some of these folks, such such as uh, Toots or Jimmy Cliff or folks that, you know, are older people now, or, you know, in the 70s. Or, and you listen to them, and, you, and they have more energy, yeah. and they sound, they, they, they almost sound better now, <laughs> if that's possible, than they did back then. <laughs> totally true, like, yeah. These guys are supermen. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. They're unbelievable. <laughs> like that generation, I, I tell you. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, like, we, we opened up for uh, Tooth and Maytals a bunch of years back, and we were just, yeah, I mean, just blown away. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, yeah. It's unbelievable music, and, and what a voice, Jesus. You know, what a voice. Have you guys played uh, Jimmy Jamaica? Seeing Jimmy was amazing. Oh. Have you guys played Jamaica? No, you know, it's, it's funny you should say that. Um, we got, there was some talk about somebody in Jamaica trying to get us down this year, 2016, at some point. And there's been some talk here and there about doing it, which would be something special, of course, for us. Um, um, but I don't know that it's working out. I don't know that it, it, it may have right. not fallen through. 
it's you know it's it's like anywhere you go in the world. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Like I never dreamt that I would be going to say Brazil, yeah, <laughs> or or uh, or Japan or yeah. any number of places. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. It's it's hard for a promoter to get you know get money and everything else together to you know grab a band from another country and try to get them there. It takes a lot. And it takes a lot of you know, money and time and energy yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, there's just um, little things like work fun. visas and stuff too, I'd assume. You got it. Yeah. It's a lot of red tape. It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. So when I hear that there's a possibility, I'm like, geez, I would love that. But you know, I'm not holding my breath. If it right. happens, I'll be like absolutely thrilled yeah. beyond. Have you ever you been know? in uh, general? I've never been. Um, oh. A couple of guys in Madrid, and Marcus, um, bass player, he went there years ago. And uh, people we know that, of course. Uh, I haven't, which uh, it's a bummer. I'd love to at some point. Oh, you sure. must. Oh, Glenn, you must. I oh, I went back yeah. in '06, I think, and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's reggae everywhere. Like everywhere you go, it's reggae, and like the rocks in the gardens are playing reggae. Like <laughs> it's. You know, and I was I was really lucky. I actually got to go to uh, kind of the opposite side of the island to where all the kind of touristy stuff is, like Montego Bay. I went to Belmont, which is uh, Alligator Bay near the Appleton Rum Estates there. And oh, wow. we, we, we were driving back to the airport, and I remember the guy, he pulled up to this uh, this big kind of bamboo gate with all this graffiti like kind of painting on it. And he's like, okay, this is uh, Peter Tosh's grave. Uh, we can't take you in because it's kind of under the control of this local gang, but I can get them to move if you guys want to take pictures of the gate. So he kind of looks over at these two thug guys who are just kind of like leaning against the gate and he says something in Patois and they're kind of like, and they move out of the way. We all take pictures, but apparently he's just buried in this, like this little weed plot. Like he's like, it's just a giant weed bush and he's under it. So uh, yeah, I, I yeah I recommend man. It's it's everything you hope and dream it will be. So <laughs> wow, yeah, it's a, you know like you know we have the last p- couple of years. Uh, it definitely there's been areas that we didn't ever think we'd get a chance to play. I mean, one that's kind of obvious. Uh, last year we got a chance to play Puerto Rico for the first time. Really, the first time. And that seems like yeah. right because I mean you think about New York and and you know. Yeah. Uh, how many Puerto Rican folks live in New York and go back and forth? And it, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, we should have gone. I mean, you think like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you go there and they're like, you know, half the island's like, oh, I've got a cousin in New York. I've got a cousin in the Bronx <laughs> here, you know. In other words, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it, it's like New York City and Puerto Rico are like, in, you know, in cahoots, <laughs> you know, historically. Yeah. You know, it's it's like why why wouldn't we be going down there? But it's you know it's it's you know again it's it's an example of somebody coming together with you know with some money and figuring out how to make it happen. Yeah. So we did, and it was fantastic, man. It was just dynamite. Do you even need a passport like, for that? Incredible. No. Cool. No. Yeah, yeah. No, because it's a I guess it's technically what they would say a U.S. territory. Yeah, yeah. That's all. But they they loved you, so, yeah. And they use American American money. Right, right, right. And you can just use your uh, license. That's convenient. Eh? <laughs> but it yeah. went over well. They loved you, yeah. Oh yeah, it was great. Awesome. It was really something. And, it, and we were like, "Geez, like, why haven't you been coming?" Like, "Geez, we wanted to come for years." You kidding me? You know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's a cinch from New York City. It's a cinch. It's like not a not a not a not a long flight. It's easy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You just gotta pop that's down. An example of place that I never, for whatever reason, eluded. And it's not like. We have other, have other bands that we know that are friends of ours that yeah, they've been there. We're like, well, what the heck just happened with us? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? So hopefully in the near future we can go back there because we did have a blast. I'd love to, that'd be a place that you talked about earlier about, you know, getting a chance to see something. I definitely would want to try to see if I can go early or, or leave later and try to hang out with some folks, friends that I made down there. And try to like you know see some historical stuff, and even like the two days or so that I was there, I, I met some nice people, and they brought me to Old San Juan and wandered around, and you know got a little bit of a feel for some stuff. And then during one of the drives, they knew that we love food. <laughs> the <laughs> could arguably be nicknamed the Snackers because we definitely love food and talk about it a lot. <laughs> 
we go and get some, you know, some perennial, you mm. know, some roast pork or something, and we found this this town outside of um, San Juan, ways up in the mountains that does like whole roast roast pigs and stuff. Oh, like, fun! That's just mind blower. Jungle barbecue. Like, like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, like on like yeah, like barbecue style. Yeah. You know, with all the sides and everything. You know, oh. just just mind blowing food. Yeah. So we were definitely pretty thrilled, you know, to a man, you know, being there. We definitely had a blast. Everybody was super nice and she's the yeah, the food and you know <laughs> you know, one thing I wish we would have loved to have seen is to try to see if, you know, if, if there's any bands playing like, you know, some old salsa or something like right, that. Right, yeah. Kind of like, you know, that would have been that would have been the icing on the cake. But right. maybe next time I go there I can try to track down some folks that are playing like, you know, traditional music and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, that'd be amazing. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to hear what would come out of you guys, you know, spending some time in those areas, you know, like mm-hmm. I can imagine what would happen if you guys ever made it to Cuba, like. <laughs> Again, I mean that the world is is opening up a little exactly. bit just for us, honestly. I mean, yeah, people are able to get to Cuba now and back as a, as, a, as an American. I, you don't have to go to Canada or Mexico and then book a flight for yourself somehow to. Yeah. Cuba or something. I don't know how that would work, but now they've, they've loosened the uh, yeah. constraints. It's it's a wonderful um, thing. Good, yeah, which I think is good for everybody. I think that you know people, you know, it's, you know, you think about you, know, this, you ever see the documentary Buena Vista Social Club at all? Yes, 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 absolutely. It's a, it's a great documentary. Oh, so good. It was amazing. Where you know that they, these these folks have remembered when they you know America, in the U.S. and um, Cuba had good relations. Yeah. Until before Castro. So in other words, the musicians, they would you know, go to New York and back and forth. So some of those old timers were seeing New York City like, Jesus, like a dream come true. Because of our countries, we weren't able to go. We weren't able to travel and see these things. Right. And that was, that was definitely moving to see these, these folks who had denied or had the opportunity to, you know, travel to the U.S. And, you know, because they're, they're like, as you know, like I'm inspired and excited and interested in Cuba and in the Cuban music. Oh, you know, it's the same yeah. way with them. They're probably like, you know, folks in Cuba, like, I'd love to get to New York, man, or I'd love to get, you know, whatever, check out some stuff and yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, it's all yeah. the same, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, when I was in Cuba at the resort we were staying at, there was a, the piano player in the lounge. He, he must have been like eighty years old. He had two fingers oh, yeah. on he had two fingers on one hand and three fingers on the other. This tiny little wow. s- stub of a cigar stuck in his mouth and a fedora, okay. and he was playing ragtime salsa like you can't imagine, like <laughs> just with his like wow. like his five little fingers on two hands, and the guy's just giving it. Yeah, it was one of the most. Make it makes it work. Oh yeah, it was the coolest thing, and I learned yeah. I learned a lesson a bunch of years ago. Uh, thanks to you guys, is I was in I was in Scotland and I spent a week in Edinburgh just on vacation, and I was staying in a hostel at the time. I had no family around at the time, so I spend the whole week and I'm having a good time. And then literally the night before I leave, I'm down in the common area using their computer, you know, checking Facebook or something, and I notice a I notice a flyer on the wall that I didn't see all week. A week after I was leaving. The slackers and the pie tasters were playing Edinburgh, and I was like, "How can I, I stay?" That gig, actually. Sorry, I remember that gig. Oh yeah, yeah. I was there the week before, and I was like, "How can I stay? How can I get out of work? How can I not go home?" Oh, but, that's funny. Yeah. So that's from funny. now on, when I go on tour, I literally, or if I go anywhere, I always check where you guys are at before I go, so uh, I can, you know, if I ever had the funny. chance to see you guys in the UK, that'd be nuts. Yeah. Yeah, UK is something special, man. We get uh, when we first went over there, we were we were assuming, oh man, they're gonna be like, you know, been there, done that. Look at these American guys coming over here trying to play ska and reggae and stuff. Give me a break. We've seen it all before. Yeah. You know? So we when we play London, we were just like, oh boy, you know, this is a dream for us to play here, but folks are not gonna feel, not gonna go for it. But they went for it, man. They were like, yes. Yeah, this this is great. Oh, that's so that was like definitely. Yeah, that's got to uh, be confirming, you know. That's got to be awesome. It is, yeah. it is for yeah. sure. And you know, obviously, you know, uh, a bunch of you know 
it's you know as, as sort of Anglophiles, you know, were speaking the same language and you know studied you know English literature and music and history and all. So, so of course, you know, it's you know like going over there. It's like this is awesome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you going over there and checking out all the you know, record stores. Like, oh man, you can't find this record in the U.S. Oh, you can find you, you know, whatever it is, and you know. Yeah. Um, so you know, and then we've we've got we've got such great friends there. Also, that over the years that are just yeah yeah I'm sure you get folks that uh, yeah that make a point of like they'll they'll you know they'll travel like this the, the whole group we have friends of ours that that just get together and they travel follow us around and like, <laughs> you have slackheads it's a trip <laughs> it's like yeah we're like the Grateful Dead or something yeah. you know all of a sudden all our friends start traveling with us it's like well oh, this is like this is a party on wheels right now this is great. <laughs> Yeah, I've you know, done like, like wow. I'm like, I don't know what you, you guys are very kind to, <laughs> to keep forward us and hanging out with us. I mean, geez, you yeah. know, but they uh, they like yeah, like they're practically like family to us now. So we've been very lucky that way. That's you know, amazing. Kind of feel in general about tra- traveling the world in general. You know, doing going full circle, 25 years. You know, it, to be able to travel around the world and make such nice friends around the world to see this, you know some of the same faces. Sometimes to see people that we knew back in the day that might not have got married, have kids, and they come back and they come to the shows and it brings you right back there and, it, and you just smile and like, wow, how lucky are we that yeah. we get a chance to visit all our friends yeah. on a regular, you know, and see them and see how their lives are going and. You know, and you know, yeah. fast forward into the future, we can you know we're sort of all together, and that's been one of the most rewarding parts of the, doing this whole thing is having such great friends all over the world that uh, you know makes the world you know it sounds cheesy, but it makes the world smaller. You see the world as you know we're all together here. You know, we got to figure it out. Yeah, we're you connected. Know, like if there's yeah. something horror that happens in one part of the world, it's not just some you know some country that you know it's like I don't know. It's you know for us. And for everybody, should think that these are our, these are our friends. These are, this is our extended family of people. You know, we gotta we gotta consider that. You know that. You know. Absolutely. The world is small, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're we're all in this together. You know, we're all. We're all in this yeah. together. We gotta figure it out <laughs> together too. That's the other thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And all we gotta so, do is get together and listen to beautiful music such as the Slackers. So new album oh, is out nice. uh, May nineteenth. Yes. Or sorry, February nineteenth. Mm-hmm. February nineteenth, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys, it's it's super cool. This being kind of a celebration, and you guys really letting loose on making this album for the first time, a self-titled album. Yes. Uh, just for fun, or couldn't think of a title, or. <laughs> I think it was, you know, I think like just like I said, we've never we never did the self-titled record, and I felt that there's just a general feeling in the band. With the music that we created, it was everybody sort of contributed. And at this moment in our lives, it, it felt like this this is the time to make the self-titled record. It's like this, it really does feel like a band record. Um, I felt like everybody, you know, it felt like everybody put their, their, you know, their best foot forward. And uh, I think it's a celebration. If anything... I think it's kind of a celebration that we've reached this achievement in our career, and it's a, it's not one individual or a couple of people; it's the whole band. Right. Um, and you know, there's been some you know trials and tribulations over the years. There's been some you know health things that the band has gone through in the last year or so, but we've somehow got through it together. Right, right, uh, right. How is Jay? How, of, yeah, sorry. How is Jay? He's, he's good? He's back? He's back. Yeah. Uh, what? Sorry, I, oh, I'm i totally blanking on her name, but who was, uh, who was filling in for him while, you, while he was out? Kristen. Arista? Kristen Forbes. Oh, my gosh. Kristen. She was great. She was amazing. She's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, fit right in there. It was perfect. Uh, but glad to hear yeah, Jay's great. feeling she's good. She's a good and... friend of mine. Uh, I was thrilled that she, you know, had some time to... Uh, to make to spend with us and to uh, go on tour with us, I, I liked, she, you know, I like her her music, her what she brings to the table, and I also like the fact that it's uh, you know, it breaks up the boys' club. I think it's important that 
the audience sees that, uh, you know, men and women or whomever playing music together, that's important. I always feel like that's really important. It's not just some, you know, some lady that's the pretty lady that's up front singing or something, but somebody that's in the trenches rocking hard. And she was. Yeah. I think that that's great for men and women to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important. It's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, amazing time, amazing show, as always. I cannot wait for the next one. If possible, you guys maybe at some point in the future decide on coming to Toronto maybe in the summertime. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it always works out, but uh, every winter I know I have to look forward to, or at least fall, to you guys coming around. And thank you for yeah, doing it's that. Summer, isn't it? Because yeah. it's supposed to be, I spotted some sort of travel show where there's supposed to be some mysterious maybe island or something off the coast of Toronto where people like hang out on the beach, God forbid, and go swimming. Oh yeah, the uh, center island there? Yeah, Toronto Island. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. See, these are things. Now, see, this, these are things that would elude a band such as ourselves. When we, for whatever reason, you decide to tour Toronto when it is basically a tundra. <laughs> yeah. A, a frozen wasteland. Yeah, yeah, no, we I don't know. I don't I'm not the man pull, you know, pressing the buttons and, you know, hitting the switches. Okay. But I will I will let the, the the powers that be know that, you know, folks in Toronto are saying, Geez, can you give us a break? Yeah. Flex. Come on, come on. We got Can you please <laughs> We've been putting up with the cold weather. Yeah. Wandering around freezing. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Can you come in a nice day? Yeah. With a nice day out, you'll get a chance to see beautiful Toronto come alive. Yeah. Got the big, you spend an extra day out here. Yeah. You can go swimming. Hey, I never, I like uh, we never get to see you outside either. Like, we've never got to see you. Like, because we have plenty of ska reggae festivals that go on here. I mean. Well, the, secret, the secret is that we're all vampires. <laughs> we can't see the light of day. And where winter is, is, you know, you don't get a lot of light in winter. So we feel better about it, you know? <laughs> that, that is really a secret. That's, uh, that's why Marcus always has that <laughs> giant grin on his face, isn't it? He knows what's coming. <laughs> yeah, Very cool. Um, Glenn, <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you for the band. Thank you for 25 years. Thank you for never missing Thanks, Toronto. Uh, like, really. Like, I'll be honest. It's, it's an elegant weapon, this podcast. And 90% of the time, I have on comic creators. And uh, people kind of in that kind of geeky Star Wars genre, you know. But you guys mean the absolute world to me. I mean, as far as any music, you know, forgive me for getting a little cheese, but for anything that's ever touched me musically, you guys are it. Like, you guys make me feel more alive than anything I've ever heard. So I can't thank you enough for that. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. And next time you're in Toronto... Thank you. Thank you for taking the time as well. And... um... In general, I want to thank all the folks in, in Ontario and in Toronto. I mean, it's been the city of Toronto has always shown shown the flag of so much love and embraced us right away, and we don't forget that. And I want to thank you guys all for uh, being such great folks yeah. to us. We'll always be here for you, Glenn. Always. All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're in town, the first pint is on me, though. All right. Oh, it sounds good, man. All right. Thanks so much again. You take care, man. All right. Just be 